Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Hispanic Chamber Connection. This is a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. This show is broadcast from Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe and can be heard on 104.5 and 106.1 FM or on the internet at IRLoneStar.com, or you can watch us as a Facebook Live on the Hispanic Chamber's Facebook page. My name is Tom Brody, and I'm the Vice President of Membership of the Chamber. This program is sponsored by the ML Agency, an executive partner in the Chamber, and a full-service residential and commercial insurance agency. A quick update on Dr. Carlos Sanchez. He is out of rehab. He's been out for about a week now, um, settling back into starting to get to his normal routine. It's been a long two-month ordeal and he's very thankful for all the prayers and support he's been receiving, and we all look forward to him coming back um, to our meetings and everything very soon. Our guests today are Emily and Rob Andrews. They're founders of Tillman Academy, and we'll get to talk to them a little bit um, more on that. Emily and Rob, thank you for being with us today. How are you guys? Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. We're doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Well, very good. Real quick, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it by text, phone, or email? So the best way is to follow us on our Facebook page, Tillman Academy. Um, look us up, or you can email me directly at emily.anders at tillmanacademy.org. Okay, perfect, perfect. And we'll, like I said, we'll be talking with the Anders in more detail in a few minutes, but first I want to describe the purpose of this radio program. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is one of the many benefits of membership in our chamber. So if you're a member and haven't appeared on this radio program, please send me an email at tom at tombrody.biz, and we'll get you on the calendar. Uh, we've had a great response from our members uh, this year, and everyone who's on the radio has talked it up a lot, and so the people who haven't been on the radio are starting to sign up, and so we are completely booked through the, through the end of May. So if you're wanting to get on the program, it's going to be June, uh, but that'll be here before you know it, so please contact me so we can get you on the calendar. Um, the Chamber also has a radio show in Spanish, which is on Thursdays at 10 o'clock on AM station 920, and that is also booked up through May. So the reason this is so is so popular is that one of the things that Dr. Carlos always says that the Hispanic Chamber has four goals in mind for its members, visibility, business connections, targeted education, and member advocacy. And I can think of no better way to fulfill all of those four goals than to have you and your business featured on one of our radio programs. Uh, we also have an email newsletter that goes out every week informing our members and guests about upcoming meetings and events. And if you're not getting that newsletter, again, send me an email, tom at tombrody.biz, and we will get you connected to that. Uh, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask Rob and Emily, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. So with that, we'll turn it over to, to Rob and Emily. And, and this is normally the, the, the part of the show where I ask them to describe their business, but you guys have a little bit unique, unique business. So why don't you tell me what Tillman Academy is? Well, uh, Tillman Academy is a K-12 through uh, tuition-free public charter school. Uh, has a classical curriculum and a focus on leadership, character, and civic virtue. Okay. So where, where does the name Tillman come from? So the namesake comes from Pat Tillman, uh, who you may recall okay, was yeah. um, a standout scholar-athlete at Arizona State University. This was back in the late 90s, and then he played for a handful of years uh, in the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, right after September 11, 2001, he resigned his multi-million dollar contract for, um, uh, and joined the Army as right. the lowest ranking private in the U.S. Army um, and deployed to Afghanistan and unfortunately was killed in Afghanistan in 2004. Um, so 
Pat Tillman is the namesake of the school, and we have expressed permission from his widow, Marie Tillman, to use his namesake for the school. She's, right. she's personally um, involved with, with uh, the school. She knows, she knows what we're doing, and she's uh, fully supportive of what we're trying to build here. Um, what's important, I think, about the namesake is uh, not Pat Tillman as a football player or, a, or an excellent standout student, not Pat Tillman as an elite soldier with the U.S. Army Rangers, we want to capture the essence of Pat Tillman's decision right after September 11th, which was a, a very personal choice that he made, mm -hmm. uh, which embodies those, those characteristics, leadership, character, and civic virtue, where he sort of took stock of what he was good at, what he was capable of doing, um, what he was capable of contributing, and assessing where he was in the, you know, the arc of history um, and made a choice. And, uh, and so we honor that with his namesake right. in the school. Well, it, it, I remember the, the story now. It's one of those things that, you, you know, everyone thinks that they would do if given that choice, but very few people actually do, right? It's, it's, it's the commitment and just say, I'm, I'm doing this for my country. You know? That's true. And it's, uh, one of the things, too, is um, it just sort of amplifies uh, the that decision that um, all servicemen and women make right. uh, to do that. You know, not all servicemen and women are rescinding a multi-million dollar contract. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they're making a, a similar commitment. It, so his, his story really sort of accentuates that. Uh, but again, the, the focus of the school is what he demonstrated in that moment. Right. which is leadership, character, and civic virtue. And so that's sort of the orientation of the school toward, toward those um, particular virtues that we feel passionate about. The other thing I wanted to mention is that mm -hmm. both Emily and I are veterans ourselves. We're both classmates uh, at West Point. Oh, very good. And then good. we both served uh, on active duty in the Army for um, six years oh, before wow. coming off of active duty. We can get into some of our bios a little bit later, I okay. think. Yeah, we will. Uh, but coincidentally enough, my platoon and I were up. I was a rifle platoon leader in Afghanistan in 2004. And my platoon and I were operating in the province just south of where Pat Tillman and his unit was oh, in Afghanistan goodness. at that time. So we, you know, of course, the, the war was young back then. I think we were all young back then. Right. Uh, and uh, we, we certainly knew about his story, and we were following him as best we could from those remote locations. But uh, he's always had that, um, made that sort of deep impression on me. Mm -hmm. um, and so we are just thrilled that Marie Tillman is on board with this and supportive, and the Pat Tillman Foundation, uh, which Marie founded, right. uh, of course, is also um, behind this as well. Uh, it's, it's really uh a high honor and a privilege for us to, to use him as our namesake. That, that's awesome. I mean, when, as soon as you, I started researching this, I went, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember Pat Tillman. But I, I didn't know that you guys had that connection with his mm -hmm. widow. That's awesome. So tell me, what is the charter school, and how does that differ, differ from a normal public school? So a charter school is a public school. Um, you go and you apply to the Texas Education Agency to create your charter. Okay. And what that does is it makes you your own independent school district, okay. so ISD. And so you are more nimble. You can, um, and usually most charters have a specific mission. Um, and 
that's that's really the difference. Uh, the uh, the other difference is that uh, in the funding. So we get um, we like a public school. We'll get federal and state funds that will come with the student. What we don't get is we don't increase the local taxes. So we don't get oh. local taxes um, for that student. So there's actually a difference of about twelve hundred per student per year. Um, but that that difference is uh, is made up for in your ability to decide where the funds go in your school. Okay, very good. So does that mean you well, you still have to probably um, go through the STAR testing and kind of yeah. all those type of things mm-hmm. as well? But as far as the curriculum up and to that point, so we're aligned you're more with the, the, the TEKS, the Texas standards, okay. just like a public school is. Um, how we choose to uh, teach those uh, TEKS is up to us. Uh, okay. What books we choose, what way we want to choose math, that's, uh, that will be up to us. Okay. Um, but it's, it's very similar. We'll take the STAR tests. We're accountable to the state. Okay. Um, and that's that's to keep track of, you know, make sure the funds are used appropriately. Right. Okay. So what inspired you guys to, to start this mission of creating a school? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's a great question. So uh, as I mentioned previously, we both of us served in the Army. Right. We were seniors at September, uh, on September 11, 2001. We were both seniors, uh, beginning our senior year at West Point. Oh, wow. Um, and so, of course, the entire, you know, the world changed at sure. that point. But but as we were, you know, in school for three years prior to that moment, um, we had a very different outlook on our, you know, our sort of our uh, new military careers, and everything changed. And we all knew that we were sort of going into uh, the new war on terror, mm-hmm. uh, and of course we did. Um, but really, that was a poignant moment for me as a young man to to really be drawn to the front lines of things. I felt in that moment that I was uh, more um, I was in a better position than most people just by happenstance to affect that uh, and, and do something about it. And, um, and so I signed up for the infantry and served as an infantry officer on active duty uh, for those six years, uh, really with that mindset of being drawn to the front lines. Uh, so since we got married, uh, after coming off of active duty, um, I still sort of had that mindset of where are the front lines? Where can I use my skills and abilities mm. for the best purpose right. uh, for, uh, for our country and the world? Um, and I really sort of gravitated towards the energy industry. Um, and so in that sort of thinking, uh, I went to grad school for uh, government and environmental policy with a focus on energy. And so within the energy space, where's the front lines of the energy space? And that's re- renewable energy and mm-hmm. energy efficiency. And where's the, where's the front lines of that? that? To me, that was sort of the policy dimension sort of pushing the, 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 front, end, the front edge of that industry. Okay. Uh, and so that's where I am now. But in the last uh, couple of years, uh, both Emily and I have been, by the way, Emily has been on the front lines in the classroom for, for all those many eight years since, I think. So she can describe that in a minute. But um, uh, we've started to appreciate, I've started to appreciate in particular, the sort of a, a different concept of the front lines. What is the most urgent need for our country? What is the most uh, pressing um, situation where I can goes back to kind of Pat Tillman's analysis mm-hmm. of what can I do take stock of my own personal capabilities and talents and uh, passions and where can I make the most impact? 
And so a couple of years ago, uh, Emily and I had started seriously talking about this concept of building a school because we've, we've taken that aspect of our own personalities and sort of the combination of Emily's academic uh, prowess and career. Is prowess not the right word? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, all of her credentials as, a, as an educator, um, my credentials as a leader and general manager, um, and how can we sort of combine our energies and passions into a project that can get back to that front lines? And so uh, that coupled with our experience uh, with our own children, mm. uh, we have, we have uh, two boys and a girl. Um, <laughs> our two boys are in second and third grade, and our girl is just turning three next week. Yeah, and she's the boss. She is oh, the, my gosh. She is the boss, yeah. all right. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, so in their, you know, in their experience in public schools and in private school, uh, we've started to calibrate our uh, design for the Tillman Academy here. Okay. Uh, and so the combination of all those things, just in the last year and a half, we've uh, set out to make a determined effort to reach out beyond just the conversation that we'd been having for a couple of years and really to start externalizing this concept. Mm -hmm and pushing it among members of the community and asking, getting feedback uh, and talking about, um, you know, is this a good fit? Is this a good idea? Is this going to get traction? Who could we attract to partner with us as a, uh, a member of our founding team or mm. as advisors or mentors along the way? And the more we've been externalizing this, again, in the last um, just about yeah. a year and a half or so, um, boy, we've really touched on something here. There's, okay. we, we've seen that there's a need. We've seen that there's an enthusiasm. There's sort of a, a sympathetic um, level of uh, excitement about the purpose, the vision. Certainly Pat's namesake, of course, uh, registers um, immediately with so right. many people. Uh, and so here we are. And we've <laughs> just in, in the last 18 months or so, uh, we are moving steadily back to the front lines and uh, of education and um, leadership character and civic virtue development in our young people right uh, and we are uh, we are excited and daunted a little bit but um, but but we're making Mostly a lot excited. of great progress here and it's yeah. very exciting yeah yeah um, one of the things that we, we kind of talked about and you, you touched on this is that um, I can only imagine that taking on a task like this is a mission in and of, in and of itself with a lot of planning right um, so you said you started this really a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. What's your your, your goal end date? So um, kind of our forward plan is um, we will apply for our charter to the Texas Education Agency in December. So oh, okay. there is a, um, a process where there is they look at it, they give you a score. Um, if we get to uh, when we get to an 85 or above, then we go on to uh, interviews uh, in Austin. And so we will know if we, our charter is approved by April um, okay. of the following of 2020. Okay. Um, from then, if it, when it's approved, then we have a little over a year to create our school, hire teachers, uh, get our students. And, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a quick just timeline. A, just a couple, yeah. <laughs> a couple things. <laughs> okay. It's well, a very rigorous process though. And, and, you know, I think, I think the general public should take some, um, you know, should be hardened by the fact that it's a yeah. very rigorous process. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. that these things are not easy to, to uh, set up. And of course, there's examples of um, 
sort of uh, schools that have been built sort of on flimsy premises uh, and have sort of given a black eye to the charter program in different parts of the country. Mm, Um, So it is a very, very tough, uh, it's very high bar to meet. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, uh, really what the, the, our, I guess our understanding of what the Texas Board of Education is really looking for is, are we able to meet a very high standard, which right. is a great predictor of you know success? Success, absolutely. Right. So. Okay. But the the board that we're building has so many skills outside of our own skills that we're we're very confident in our ability to 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 meet that high bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. So we've been talking with Emily and Rob Anders, it's a husband and wife team who are out to create a new charter school in Conroe. I don't think we've mentioned that yet. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about their immediate needs, um, what they are, and how the public, especially people in the Conroe area, can help. Stay with us. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Yamel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The Yamel Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the Yamel Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the Yamel Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The Amel Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.amelagency.com. The Amel Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, the radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm vice president of membership for the chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask our guests, Emily and Rob Andrews, 
please text them to me at 713-906-3710. And just a reminder, this program is sponsored by the Amel Agency, who is a full-service residential and commercial agency and is an executive partner with the Chamber. Uh, when we went to wait to break, we talked about how the, what uh, Tillman Academy's immediate needs are and how the public can get, in, get involved and help fill that need. So I'll ask that question. What, what, what are your needs now and how can the public help or get involved? I think the best way that the public can help is to spread our word. So we want to make sure that everybody who wants to attend our school knows about our school. And okay. so that's, that's our immediate need. Um, we highly encourage you to go to our Facebook page at Tillman Academy, um, follow us, share it with others in the area. Uh, we would just, we would really appreciate any, any support in that arena. Um, yeah, we, we would really like uh, community support. We're growing it, but the faster it can grow, the better it is for the school. Absolutely. Okay, very good. So one of the things we talked about a little bit um, is uh, we know that you guys were both vets, and, again, and thank you for your service on that. But uh, what, are, what were your kind of backgrounds, and what did you do, I guess, for, for, for real jobs or before you, took this, before you took up this mission? Well, um, as Rob mentioned, we uh, both went to West Point. After West Point, we were both in the Army. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had a, a bunch of different jobs in the Army. Um, I, was, I ran a post office in Korea. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, then I came to Hawaii after Korea, which was quite wonderful. Yes. And uh, I, I actually wrote letters to congressmen. So if a soldier or family member had problems, they would contact us. Uh, oh, they would nice. contact their congressmen. Their congressmen would contact us. We would research it and write back to their congressmen. Okay. Um, when I deployed to Afghanistan, I was there at the same time Rob was. I was... I like to say I had the best job in the Army. I was the morale, welfare, and recreation officer for all of Afghanistan. And so basically anything good that came into the country, I was in charge of. I got weight equipment for the soldiers. When I got there, nobody could contact home. Mm. I got internet suites for the soldiers so they could contact their families. And um, probably most fun is I got to um, tour around the country with uh, the entertainment that came into the oh, country. Oh, very nice. So that, was, that was fantastic. Um, so... Uh, I returned from Afghanistan back to Hawaii, uh, worked worked there for a while, and really loved my time in the Army, but knew that ultimately that's not what, where my uh, where I wanted to have my full career. Okay. Um, and I decided to go back to school to become a teacher. So I have my master's in elementary education, um, and I was a... Um, I was a fourth and fifth grade elementary school teacher for eight years. Oh, okay. Um, and then um, now currently I work for Discovery Education as a curriculum writer. So I've written their STEM tech book, which is an online textbook for STEM education. And I also wrote for the country of Egypt. So they wanted to redo the, their whole curriculum for all of their elementary uh, students in the whole really? country. So I was on the team to help rewrite that. So that's... That's I'm working for them right now, okay. uh, part time in and in the other parts of my time, other than being a mom and all the other things that we all have to do. We're, we're building this school, so it's 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 a great adventure. That's awesome, Rob. What about you? Yeah, I mentioned briefly that uh, I started my career as an infantry officer, mm -hmm. uh, leading troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I was also stationed in Hawaii, and uh, Emily and I sort of got our start as surfing buddies, essentially out in. Uh, <laughs> in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, it was a life of extremes for us back then, sort of deploying to hell from paradise and back a few times. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, we decided to come off of active duty and when we got married uh, just to, to um, sort of manage our, our future together right. a little bit better. But uh, I stayed in the National Guard, so I'm still in the National Guard part-time. I'm, okay. I'm a lieutenant colonel uh, in the Guard uh, as a part-time gig. But um, 
after coming off of active duty, I went to grad school at Georgetown University for uh, environmental and energy policy, as I mentioned previously. Uh, right after that, I was selected for the Presidential Management Fellows Program, which kept us in Washington, D.C. for another handful of years, uh, which was uh, quite an adventure. So that put me in the Department of Energy doing different roles in um, uh, managing researchers and project managers uh, in different aspects of what the Department of Energy does, particularly in the field of renewable power. Mm, okay. uh, so I did that for a number of uh, of years, different jobs, including um, some obscure jobs. I was the energy advisor to the U.S. Antarctic program for a short stint, <laughs> which was uh, very, very cool, very cold, yeah. 40 below kind of cool. Uh, but then also other sort of general management leadership positions, uh, including chief of staff is renewable power. Uh, but that's very much sort of... Uh, you know, a very high-level view of the energy industry. We're eager to uh, to get, I was eager to get some industry experience, and now I'm a uh, solar farm development manager uh, here in Houston. So wow. my, my job is to build great big solar farms all over uh, the eastern part of the United States for our company. Okay. And, um, so again, back to my sort of premise of being on the front lines of the energy industry, it's very much, uh, very much in that way. Um, and so, and then the other thing, too, I'll mention at my job in uh, the National Guard, uh, again, as a, as a uh, lieutenant colonel, is uh, I'm the director of our team that does legislative affairs in Washington, D.C. So it's the connection between the chief of the National Guard Bureau and Congress, essentially. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so I good. supplement support for their full-time staff that does that work. Okay. And my team does that as well. Uh, so, again, that's sort of another version of the front lines um, uh, at the at the synapse between the military and civil um, uh, I guess brokers of power yeah. uh, in Washington DC well I would think with all that I'll call it all that bureaucratic exposure and experience you should be able to manage the Texas Education Board <laughs> I would think or, or at least know what to expect yeah, going was, into that uh, it was quite I, I learned a ton from that yeah, uh, from that experience in, in D.C. And, um, you know, it was very valuable in so many different ways. But, uh, you know, ultimately, and it's been great being in industry. Um, you know, this is the first time for me being in industry, going from, uh, you know, military service to sort of academia as a student and then through federal government service. Uh, you know, the past couple of years being in industry has really been a, a new um, educational experience for me. But I think deep down, both both Emily and I are really, you know, at our core, we're, we're really public servants. And, and that's sort of what keeps us um, motivated and passionate about uh, is, again, going back to that sort of thought process and decision making is what can we do to make the most impact Right. Uh, for for the most people, and and that's what this school really represents. Okay. Now I know you guys are, are targeting the Conroe area. What what drew you to Conroe specifically? Uh, well, so Conroe is a, uh, a it, it's an ideal place for this. We, it's, it's fertile ground in the sense that, uh, of course, Montgomery County I think is on the list of top ten counties in all of the United States in terms of population growth, mm -hmm. and so there is uh, it's just booming in terms of 
population. And then that population is also very diverse. It's diverse in ethnicity and finan uh, financial uh, backgrounds. Uh, so it really is in keeping with the design for this school, which is, again, it's a public school. Uh, and the virtues that we are um, putting front and center with this design, uh, leadership, character, and civic virtue are, um, are things, again, we're passionate about, but they are important for everyone, regardless of you know, who their parents are or where they, where they come from, what their backgrounds are. Um, and so it's a great place the Conroe area is a great place for a project like that, for a school like this, um, to afford so many different types of people the opportunity to get this type of experience. And maybe Emily, I think you'll you'll describe the key feature. One of the key features of the school is the K through 12. Oh aspect. yeah. What I also wanted to make sure that everybody understands is the the population of our students isn't limited to Conroe. Um, so we get to, as a uh, charter school, we get to decide our geographic radius. Oh, and okay. so we are looking to expand. It hasn't been official, but we are looking to expand all the way up to Huntsville and all the way down to Spring. So anyone in that area, um, we get to decide the radius of that geographic uh, limits get, could come to our school. You don't have to have a Conroe um, zip code okay, to come to good. our school. So I think that's important for those listening. If you're outside Conroe, you can still come to our school. Sure. Okay. Yeah, good. So what kind of location? I mean, with the start date of 2021, I don't think you could plan to, to build from ground up, right? So you're looking to repurpose an existing building. What kind of buildings are you looking for? That's a good question. So uh, this is a little bit of um, sort of the cart and the horse here. Yeah. Because, again, the, the real catalyst for, for these types of specific project development questions is, is the charter itself. Right. So once that charter is approved and it would be, you know, maybe this time next year, um, then we can take that to engineering firms uh, and, and designers and, and start really putting some um, uh, deliberate sort of decision-making behind where and what the actual school looks like. But until then, you know, because we've approached some contractors already okay. and that's sort of their feedback is well you're kind of early like, okay we don't we don't really know what what uh if this is going to work and how how that's going to play out so uh we're in those discussions we're starting to sort of put put some shape around those but um that that really is going to be uh beginning this time next year now the the thing that we've learned is that um it is a quick you know, time period once the charter's approved right. to get to, you know, opening opening the doors for the first day of school. But but uh, some of these engineering firms that we've talked to and architecture firms have done it before. And yeah. so this is oh, wow. this okay. is something that is not, um, it's absolutely feasible. Yeah. But again, mm -hmm. we got to have that charter in place and yeah. um, and that really starts those discussions. But the, the other thing to add is that, again, this is really fertile ground for it. And so the, the, the fundamentals that we're looking for to get to your specific question, is that we want it to be accessible to, you know, as many people as possible. Uh, we're open to repurposing, uh, you know, a building if that's necessary to sort of prove out the model okay. before um, moving to a dedicated facility. There's other options that we're sort of weighing, um, whether it's new construction or sort of that repurposing model and anywhere right. in between. 
Um, there's a lot of uh, flexibility in terms of what we can do. But the, one of the key things I do want to mention is that our, our uh, ultimate goal really is that the actual physical location really uh, exemplifies the, the high purpose of the school. Uh, so the, the virtues and the values that are, again, front and center, leadership, character, civic virtue, they need to be part of the atmosphere. And again, okay. this is a K through 12 model, so it's a, it's a full educational uh, ecosystem that's integrated uh, so that young students can look up to old students and old, old, older students, <laughs> and the older students can feel a sense of responsibility toward the young, younger students and a sense of um, being a role model and a leader. Um, but the, the physical location will reflect those high ideals. And so when the students come and the faculty come to the school, they'll have that sense of elevation, yeah. uh, which, you know, great architecture can bring that out. Right. So okay. part of that is funding and fundraising. And, uh, you know, that that uh, doesn't come from nothing. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that's another campaign that we're about to kick off this yeah, summer. But, okay. you know, I've been... The cool thing about the charter world is that people are very giving. So um, not just from Texas, definitely from within Texas, but from other states. You know, you call somebody who has already created a charter school, and they've been so helpful with their information and their okay. you know, sharing what has worked, their best practices. And so we've seen schools that have created new from the beginning. We've also seen schools that have repurposed. And like Rob said, it, the idea is, regardless of which direction we go, it's the idea of elevating our students. And, and the physical surrounding definitely creates an atmosphere um, to elevate our students to, to for the leadership character and civic virtues. So. Okay. Well, very good. So getting ready to go to a break now. We've been talking with Emily and Rob Andrews. They're, a, again, a husband and wife team, and we're out to create a new charter school in Conroe. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about to focus on civic virtue. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 936- 647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org because every life matters. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in 
old school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Yamel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, the Woodlands, Texas. The ML Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the ML Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the ML Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com hcc. The ML Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832 832- Five two five five six five six or online www.mlagency.com. The ML Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program, and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber, and we are talking to Emily and Rob Andrews. They're the founders of Tillman Academy that's going to be located in Conroe, Texas. Uh, and one thing we talked about a little bit is, is the, the four founding pillars of Tillman, um, and, and I know that's near and dear to y'all's heart. Describe that a little bit. I mean, we talked about civic virtue as we went away from the break, but that's only one of the pillars. So why don't you kind of explain all the pillars, if you can, quickly, and just kind of what, what drew you to those? Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, the, the focus of the school is on leadership, character, and civic virtue, but it's built around the classical curriculum. Okay. And the classical curriculum really emphasizes uh, the good, the true, the beautiful, and it focuses on the great books, great literature, and uh, Western civilization. Okay. And so those those uh, set the conditions for um, the integrated leadership, character, and civic virtue programs uh, that are in addition to that that uh, core curriculum, the classical curriculum, uh, at the at the which is the centerpiece of the school. Which is obviously. Um in line with the Texas, uh, the Texas standards, and so the, absolutely right. Um, and, well, just to so uh, I, I think there's a misperception that classical, you know, the classical liberal arts is just art, right? And mm. that's not true. Uh, the, the the classical liberal arts, there are seven of them. The first one are grammar, logic, and rhetoric, which focus on the sort of the soft skills of language, right. and literature. And then the other four are math and science, basically. Okay. Uh, and so it, uh, what the classical curriculum emphasizes is a just rock-solid foundation in the ability to communicate. So the grammar, logic, and rhetoric right up front sets the stage so that ch- 
children can you know, get a rocket boost into math and science because their, their ability to read, write, and communicate uh, is built on solid footing. Uh, and so that's where, that's where that misperception sort of, um, I think, gives people a distorted first impression of a classical liberal arts curriculum. Okay. When in fact it is sort of the all-encompassing uh, approach, and it's been, you know, it's time-tested over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, and, and so that is sort of our high-performance engine <laughs> at the center of the school. Okay. Uh, and then, Emily, I think you'll, you can talk about some of these other programs. So, yeah, leadership is a, a big word, and how, how are we going to teach our children how to be leaders? And we have two programs. Okay. Um, so the first is an integrated um, mentorship program, I think Rob spoke to that a little bit earlier, but it brings the older students down to the younger students and helps them um, form their leader identity. So becoming a leader, it needs practice and you need to be in that position and you need to think of yourself as a leader. And so that leader identity has been shown in, in studies. That's, that's what makes you a leader is that you think of yourself as a leader. And so you need to have the opportunity in those leadership positions to think of yourself as a leader. And so these mentorship programs, um, they, they go bef beyond reading buddies and things like that, and they'll use the, the classical curriculum, they use the elements of the curriculum to form that connection. So uh, say a younger student is learning about, a fourth grade student is learning about the Constitution. Well, he will write a letter, which is part of the curriculum, to maybe an eighth grade student who's also learning about the Constitution. That eighth grade student will research those questions, come back with a presentation, and have that formal interaction with that student. And I've seen firsthand as a teacher how it elevates the student. You know, the student initially will act one way, but as soon as you get them next to um, a younger student and they're responsible for teaching that student, they sit up taller, they mm. speak more eloquently, they're, they're proud of themselves. And it's that transformation that is always has always been so inspiring to me that we want to give to our students. Um, the other element that I, I love because I'm a STEM educator is our uh, leader labs. And so this is an opportunity to do all the wonderful parts of STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math that mm -hmm. um, is, is a great part of education. It helps kids um, with different ways of thinking and solving problems. Um, so they'll go into a lab once a quarter and they'll have a, a challenge, a problem to solve. And they'll work as a team with one of the kids being the leaders and the other kids being the subordinates. And they'll work together to solve that problem. And, you know, our teachers that are in there with them will be primed not to help them solve the problem, but to help them with their in interactions, with their those okay. soft skills that are really needed in the in our future, in in your career in the future. Of how do you work out differences? How do you speak to others respectfully? How do you get your point across? Those kinds of things are really the skills that we're really growing in these leader labs. Um, in addition to thinking outside the box and the other wonderful aspects of STEM education. Right. So those are the two two ways that we're we're focused on leadership in our school. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about um, character start, and then I can talk a little as well? Or uh, well, so yeah, just to to summarize the those three pillars. You know, leadership um, begins with leading yourself and your responsibility to yourself, uh, and then also, of course, responsibility for others and for uh, the, the conduct and uh, performance and behavior of others. That's leadership. Character is 
uh, an individual's responsibility to what's right and what's good. And, and that's essential. Uh, and then the, the last one, civic virtue, is the responsibility that every individual has to others as a member, as an equal co-equal -mem co member of a group, of a community. Right. And so um, the, they all overlap. And civic virtue sort of is the culmination of both the leadership, the character, all the uh, skills that come out of the core curriculum, the classical curriculum. And the civic virtue puts that into context of where those students are in the world around them. And so uh, with civic virtue, that begins early on, where they recognize what, um, what rules are and how uh, rules are enablers instead of restric restrictions, uh, and their responsibility to their students in their own classroom. And so the scope of their civic responsibility grows with them as they progress from K through 12, uh, starting locally with their own classroom, expanding through the middle years into um, the, you know, their, the rest of their particular class or their cohort, right. and then beyond into the high school years where they really become uh, well-versed in local uh, government and uh, state government, regional or national, federal government, uh, and beyond. And so, uh, again, one of the unique features of Tillman Academy's design is that integrated system where all these overlap, the classical curriculum, leadership, character, civic virtue development, overlap and culminate over a, in a very stable environment uh, for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And uh, what I really love about the classical curriculum is uh, the vicarious learning. So learning through, you don't have to do it yourself. So what's so great about the books that we're reading is how we, the students can read something and, and learn from the characters, historical characters, or learn from the characters in the story about uh, challenges that they've faced, about decisions that they've made, about about their character, good and bad. And, right. and the teachers can talk about that. And, um, you know, the word character comes from a Greek word meaning to etch or to carve. And so, uh, when you etch something, you don't do it once and it's done. You do it a lot over time, again right. and again. Okay. And so what's what's interesting about that is you can etch something in the wrong direction, like vandalism, or you can etch something in a beautiful direction, like a statue. And so that's what we're looking to create at Tillman Academy is uh, helping them to carve in the right direction. Socrates says uh, your character is formed by a thousand choices and then a thousand more. And so we're creating an environment where the students make those thousand choices and they have people around them helping them to make those thousand choices in the right direction, you know, etching in the right direction. Right. So that's what we're really excited about. Well, very good. So coming up on another break here. So we've been talking with Emily and Rob Andrews, uh, their husband-wife team who are out to create a new charter school in Conroe. Um, when we come back, we'll wrap up with Emily and find out how they've been spreading the word about Tillman Academy. Stay right, stay with us. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online 
at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Amel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, the Woodlands, Texas. The ML Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the ML Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the ML Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com hcc. The ML Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832 832- Five two five five six five six or online www.mlagency.com. The ML Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program, and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber, and we're talking with Rob and Emily Anders. They are the founders of Tillman Academy. And when we when we broke, I was talking about how are you guys spreading the word? Do you, do you have events that people can come and find out more about your yeah, so plan? our uh, next event is at the Conroe YMCA. It's, for, it's their Memorial Day event. We'll have a booth there. We'll be there from 10 to 2 okay. at the Conroe YMCA on May 25th. So okay, very good. if you're interested in meeting us, we, we'd love to talk to you. That's awesome. And how have people been res- responding to the concept that you guys are, are floating out there as far as you know, potential people that want to come on board or maybe potential parents that want to bring their kids there? I mean, this is a bit different. I mean, you're... You're actually offering a different um, alternative to the traditional public schools. Yeah. Sure. Well, no, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, and, you know, as we are developing this, our next step is to really get this the, the uh, message out there to family members and, uh, you know, with prospective new students. But uh, in the last 18 months, as we've been starting out on this uh, development process, We've been building our team and setting up the the uh, the aspects of the nonprofit and and all the administrative dimensions of of this project. Uh, so this radio broadcast right now, you could say, is sort of kicking off our nope, announcement to the world uh, that uh, that we're here and we're coming. But um, you know, as I mentioned previously, the we were surprised at the positive reactions and the enthusiasm among mem- senior leaders in the community in Montgomery County mm-hmm. and, uh, and Conroe. 
um, and you know friends and family in the area as well, uh, and just you know a neighborhood, uh, our neighbors, uh, who who all have just expressed sincere enthusiasm for the, for what we're doing here. So we're confident uh, about the the feedback we'll get once we really uh, you know formally kick off our uh, announcement and our outreach and engagement campaign again. The, the next event here is on Memorial Day weekend uh, at the YMCA Conroe. You can find all that information out at the Tillman Academy Facebook page. Um, but we're excited to get the message out and, right. um, and go from there. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank the Hispanic Chamber for their support because uh, Sabrina at the ML agency, mm -hmm. she, she gave me an opportunity to talk to the women of the Hispanic Chamber just uh, at That's the right. last meeting, and that was that was a real thrill. That was definitely stepping outside my comfort zone, but but a great experience, and, and the, the people that I spoke to there loved it, loved our message, and so we just need to keep getting out there and keep sharing it with people because, like we said earlier, we want everybody who wants to be part of this to know about this. Right. And if uh, you know about it and you you like what you hear if you could help us by spreading that message and sharing what you hear that would be really we would love that your support okay so do you guys have a, a, a website yet or is it it's just coming. facebook okay no it's coming it's it's coming in the next week or so so if you follow us on facebook then i will post it out in there okay but it will be uh tillmanacademy.org so www.tillmanacademy.org so it's not ready yet right but uh if you follow us on facebook uh you'll know as soon as it's live okay and your email address is uh, emily.anders at tillmanacademy.org Okay, very good, very good. So I guess one thing is just to let everybody know that this is something that's coming um, and it's going to be a, a big a big piece of the Conroe education alternative. I mean, if someone's looking for something a little bit different. Um, and, you know, the fact that the, the four principles I think you guys are, are pushing are so unique, and I think that's going to be, that's going to be very attractive to people. Yeah. Well, and, thank you. And the, the fact that it's tuition-free will be Yeah, that's, that's huge. Well. That is definitely huge. So... Um, have you had a chance to talk to any teachers? I mean, I think they've got to be excited about not being so restricted in their approach to education. So yeah, I mean, the teach we have two teachers on our board, okay. and so they're super excited. It's a it's a little bit of a. Um, I think once we build our presence and people know us, it's a little a bit of an issue to reach out to people who are already in the the current um, system mm -hmm. and ask them if they're interested about what we're doing differently. Um, but I think as soon as people start getting to know us more, that they'll be drawn to us. And and one of my one of the things that I dream of is creating an environment that I I've always wanted to work in, an environment where teachers are lifted up and they work together and they're working together for a goal and their ideas are really heard. And I truly believe that teachers are have it's a, the art of teaching. And so right. we want to help teachers fulfill that desire there that to create in the classroom and to create good with their students. So so that's what we're excited to do here. At okay. And the real catalyst again for that is the charter itself. Right. So once we have that, uh, we can really start announcing, hey, we're hiring. Yes. And this is when school starts and we need teachers. And the other attractive piece about uh, public charter is that the uh, administrative burden of a public charter school is significantly less than a, a regular public school. So that enables us with our um, the, the funding we get from the state, in addition to the, the fundraising we will do outside of all that, mm -hmm. we can devote more, tax, more funding to where the education happens. And oh, that's wow. between okay. the teacher and the student. That's where the magic happens. All of this stuff we're talking about is that is... That is the most important uh, relationship in the school. 
And so we can devote more uh, time, attention, and funding to right. those relationships. And I think that's going to be what's really attractive to, to teachers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I know my, my, my son and his wife are teaching, and that's one of the things that they're in the, the Conroe ISD, and that's one of the things that they talk about is mm -hmm. having the right resources mm -hmm. in the classroom. So, okay. Well, very good, guys. Thank you for coming on. Uh, we've been talking with Rob and Emily Anders, a husband-wife team who are creating a new charter school in Conroe, Tillman Academy. Look them up on Facebook and reach out to them um, online. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.